Coming to you live from Washington, D.C., Artisan Alley, with your host, the human embodiment of a croissant, <laughs> your mona me and mine, Ali Crump. Bonjour, uh, and welcome to Artist and Allie. My name, you guessed it, is Allie, and today's a very, very, very big show for me. Um, I am bringing an interview with Dan Lambton of Rationale. Dan is formerly the vocalist of Real Friends, and now spearheading this project featuring himself, Joe Taylor, and Ryan Rumchaks that you may know them from Knucklepuck and Home Safe. Um, I'm a big fan of all three of these bands, all three of these guys, um, so this episode is a very big one for me. Um, as a recording note, we did try to record this let's I think it was like a Monday and Dan was had just like was sitting in his car recording the interview and there was just technical difficulties um so we ended up doing it it the next day um so if you see listen to me refer to oh asked you yesterday that's why um but this is the only version of the interview um it's it's one of my favorites we chatted a lot about supporting musicians via streaming platforms um using your actual um platform in the utmost way dan does a really great job of doing that both himself and then also as rationale um meet and greets um i brought out some cheesy little meet and greet pictures from when i met dan at warp tour as along with real friends um and so 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 much more um so stick around it's a really great episode, but before we get into it, here is some recent music news. Um, remain calm. Everyone remain calm. The Queen, well, I mean, Lord herself is back. It's been about four summers since the release of Lord's 2017 album, Melodrama, and the singer-songwriter has returned with a confident, sunny single called Solar Power. Accompanied with the song is a music video. Um, Lord co-directed it with Joe Kefali, um, in which she appears in a very bright dress situation surrounded by other people just in earth tones on a beach um it is the first single from what she has confirmed in her newsletter to her fans that will be from her album called solar power um while her collaborators jack antonoff we know and love him um co-writes and co-produces along with backing vocals from phoebe bridgers and claro um who's also careers have just been soaring right now um very exciting news out of that one this is an interesting one um sony has canceled the debt of thousands of artists who have signed to their record label before the year 2000 it means many of them for the time for the first time earn money from their songs being streamed on services like Spotify and Apple Music. Um, Sony said it could not name the eligible acts due to confidentiality agreements, but a source says it will include household names. It said some artists stood to receive many thousands of dollars per year. You may wonder why they're in debt in the first place and why this is kind of happening. Well, musicians typically take on debt when they do sign their first record label. Um, they're giving a given a lump sum of money known as an advance and to pay for the recording studios, video shoots, distribution, all the other expenses. The money is then paid back when they sell their music so this makes sense um however a lot of artists never earn enough to repay their advances and often because they they get unfavorable royalty rates um, from their own record companies um heritage black artists have been specifically um, affected by this um until their debt is repaid to the label they're not 
eligible to receive income from streaming and other royalty payments. Um, so this is really interesting um, and kind of historical. This past week, um, Spotify released an Only You feature um, similar to its yearly wrapped kind of stuff like that. Um, it talked about your music birth chart. Um, the streaming service is still making you wait until the end of the year for the wrapped, but this interactive feature launched this past Wednesday on Android and iOS devices for highlighting your musical acts, musical favorite acts, <laughs> by identifying unique pairings of artists you like and in other fun ways. Um, you'll also get a personalized playlist based on your music and you can share the results. And if that isn't enough for you, a new blend experience lets you merge your favorites with your friends' favorites in a new playlist. Um, you can invite any friend who has a premium account and it will be continually updated. So that's really, really, really fun. Um, and I like to bring in some music history. So this day, specifically, um, June 12th, 2008, Coldplay released their fourth studio album, Viva La Vida or Death, and it won three Grammys following that, um, which is incredible. Um, love Coldplay. They just released some songs we talked about a few weeks ago. And I like to give recommendations with my last five like songs on Spotify. Um, we're going to see what we get this week. And of course, the first one on the list is Solar Power by Lord. Um, second one is Society by Valley. We know we love Valley. Um, the third is How Dare You Want More, Bleachers. Again, we know we love. Um, a random one is um, Met Him Last Night by Demi Lovato and Ariana Grande. It came on one of my shuffles and I never saved the song and I just really, I don't, I don't know why I didn't like it before. Um, and the fifth one is The Beach by Giveon. Again, on this big R&B kick similar to last week. Um, and I just adore Giveon's voice. And that's what I got. Um, now that I have talked my way through this, um, we are going to get into the episode. If you like this episode or um, like what you hear, be sure to follow us at Artist and Alley on all social media sites. Um, if you want to watch the video version of this podcast, that is also on YouTube. Um, if you feel ever so inclined, feel free to subscribe or follow the podcast wherever you get your podcast. And then be sure to leave a review, comment, do whatever you want to do. Um, and if you like Rationale, you can find them at rationale.band, um, which of course you will like the band. And this conversation with Dan is so great. And I am again, so grateful to be able to have done this interview and I hope you enjoy it as much as I do. Um, let's get into the episode. So Rationale is the band you never knew you needed. The powers combining of Knuckle Pucks Joe Taylor and Ryan Rumchax, also of Home Safe, and former vocalist of Real Friends, Dan Lampton. It is truly the power of Midwest pop punk and also friendship bringing them together. Today, I'm joined by Dan, and I'm very excited to talk to you about this project and all of the great things you've been doing as well. So welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. <laughs> um, so I asked you this question yesterday, so I'm curious if it's a different uh, answer. What is the first thing you listen to today? Um, let me, let me check the Spotify. Uh, I was actually, actually, so yesterday was You Blew It. <laughs> Today was Mini Trees. Okay. Um, and Mini Trees, I found last year, maybe, mm -hmm. through, like, my Spotify Discover Weekly. Uh, great band, uh, or artist. I think it's, yeah, it's a solo project. Yeah, so it's, so, so great artist, um... And uh, she just signed to Run For Cover, actually, last oh, week and, and put out a new song. So super stoked on that. Yeah, that song's awesome. That's awesome. I'll have to give it a listen. I'm, I'm excited. Um, oh, yeah. It's, it's incredible. Um, she's got two EPs out right now. Oh. And, then, and then this – and then I think maybe like – 
another single or two in addition to this one. So sick. Awesome. I think the world Spotify has kind of created is so fascinating, and I have a couple questions for you later about it. For sure, um, yeah. But the Discover Weekly and everything, like, they've kind of revolutionized, like, how people discover music, and I, it's, 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 it's purely insane. <laughs> oh, yeah. In oh, yeah. The AI listens to everything, so we'll talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I would kind of want to talk about your personal music origin story. Um, do you want to talk about how you got into music and kind of your path that has taken you to where you are now? Yeah, um, so as I mentioned yesterday when we tried recording this, I had played uh, alto sax and Barry. Well, alto sax from fifth grade to like uh, freshman year and then sophomore to senior, I was on Barry sax, played in concert band, jazz band, marching band. Um, and then when I was like 13 or 14, I started playing bass. Uh, my grandma got me for my birthday a Squire P bass and then... You know, I wanted to play in bands since then, was in a few uh, before Real Friends, and uh, one in particular uh, that ha- that I had met um, Dave, the guitar player for Real Friends, through. Um, and then we started, like, hanging out, and then one thing led to another after a couple years, and then Real Friends started, you know? And here we are with Rationale, and um, yep. I... I remember when um, I first I don't remember the exact moment but when I first kind of heard of Rationale I was very excited because I'm a big fan of Knucklepuck I like Home Safe a lot Real Friends big big fan um, and it very much reminded me of I don't know if you're gonna you might remember this but Isles and Glaciers with like Johnny Craig and I remember that band yeah that that was like a bunch of different people yeah right and that and then when you guys did the acoustic album I with like uh the wonder years was was dropped on that and just like other people from knuckle puck and it was like a huge like culmination of people and i was like this is very reminiscent of that but in you know in a very different way um yeah yeah the only reason that got to happen was because uh we were all on tour together so we were recording that joe me joe and ryan were recording that like as we were on tour it was uh wonder years real friends knuckle puck Moose Blood and Seaway. So everybody from those bands, we had asked to sing or do something on it, you know, and be involved since we were recording it like in green rooms, in bathrooms, in trailers, you know, in uh, back lounges, all sorts of stuff. I I absolutely adored that. And the concept of, you know, even that happening in like a different fashion, like in any time. And what a what a tour, first of all. Um, yeah. I didn't get to hop on that tour. I don't think I it, I don't remember what the scenario, but, you know, I was also afraid to go to pop punk shows by myself as a small child. I am. Um, okay. <laughs> so but that tour alone is just incredible. The fact that you guys all came together to do that acoustic stuff is just just fascinating and exciting. Yeah. And um. Uh, I want to also bring up, so you, you t- we again talked about this a little bit yesterday. We're almost done the questions I already kind of asked you. Um, you were only 22 when you signed to Fearless with Real Friends. Um, and I kind of want to discuss the impact it made on you um, being so young and being in the you know, spotlight with everybody. And then also how it impacted your mental health. Yeah. Um, so... It was, yeah, 2013 that we had signed. Yeah, I was like 22, 20, I was 23 when we had announced it and um, we're getting everything in order. Sorry, my pop filter just got smacked off because I'm intense. Um, 
It's a very but, intense conversation. You know, yeah. I, I mean, I remember, um, you know, being in Kyle's basement. We were specifically working on loose ends, um, and I was having a lot of trouble record or trying to write a melody for the second verse to where I just had a straight up panic attack out of nowhere. I thought that uh, I thought I was having a heart attack, and I have. Uh, I had a friend that was experiencing some heart issues then that was around my age. So that I'm thinking like, shit, they're, they're going through this. Like what, what if it's me having like heart problems right now too? So then, uh, Kyle drove me to the hospital and stuff. And then, um, with, uh, the nurses or doctors who I had talked to, they weren't necessarily well versed in, uh, mental health stuff that's not really where their training's at all they had all they told me was hey smoke a little less weed and drink a little less coffee and get out of here kind of thing and then they had the audacity to um mail me a prescription saying that i had forgotten to grab it from them when they had never offered anything or told me that i was uh gonna going to be receiving anything like that. So a prescription for Ativan showed up in the mail and I was just pissed because those people didn't want to take me seriously, you know, but um, I'd went and seen my primary physician who had prescribed Lexapro to me like a lower dose. Um, and I just, the only thing that I would change if I could now is that I wish I had also gone to see a psychiatrist at that point too. That I think that would have been very helpful. Um, for me, but you know, I, I eventually was able to see one and, you know, and it, it's not like I never did. So. Right. Um, so with that, you guys were touring a lot and, um, Warp Tour was kind of like the one of, one of the first big places that kind of like took you guys under their wing. Um, I believe you guys kind of hit the West coast for the first time with Warp Tour. Yeah. Um, or well, was- second time, technically it was okay. supposed to be the first time, but, uh, Buddy Nielsen and Census Fail swiped us for that. <laughs> hey, not a bad tour either. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so with with touring and it's it, it's a whole lifestyle and kind of for people who are unaware of how draining and ridiculously stressful it can be can you kind of touch on that and you know what you would do differently coming forward with more tours if you decide to do that um well i feel like warp tour is just a different beast in and of itself you know no no club tour comes close to the chaos of warp tour you know at least that i can think of um because warp tour just has so many different moving pieces there's also a lot more to be done um from both the band members and the crew like unloading um the gear truck every day i mean merch people are working from sun up to sun down like every single day um and they are the ones that when the off days come in they are cherishing it and sometimes they the off days were few and far between i think the last year of it 2018 i want to say there was a stretch of like 10 days in a row or something where even like everybody's feeling that at that point just needing like a day to just like sit somewhere in ac for a little bit and not have to worry about the constant go 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 of warp tour you know um but anything that i would do differently this time around if i were to tour again um I really don't know. I would just 
try to take better care of myself. I, 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 I have a goal to quit smoking this year. Um, that was a thing that I think definitely uh, elevated a lot of sickness I dealt with on tour. Um, I think that it made my allergies worse. Just like anything that could affect my voice, I think smoking cigarettes made it like ten times worse than it should be. So that's definitely the main change I would want to take, make for the next time I were to go on tour, you know? Definitely. Um, so yesterday you guys were obviously in the studio. The day before that you were also in the studio. Um, yep. And what what is the, the future of Rationale? Uh, what are we getting from this next kind of batch of singles, EP, uh, album, whatever that looks like? Uh, well, first and foremost, getting songs. I think that's yeah. uh, going to be the most important thing. I would think um, so, yeah. <laughs> But I think a wider variety of offerings. You know, I think there are a lot of different influences that we're pulling from. Um, like, I, like, and I know some people might cringe hearing this, but the Beatles definitely... I know for some reason a lot of people think it's cool to hate on the Beatles, but guess what? You're not cool because everybody else is doing it. So find something else to do. Maybe maybe liking the Beatles would be punk at this point. But yeah, um, you know. But but it's something with uh, with the Beatles though, where it's like you look at that band and it's kind of like everybody brings something to the table and everybody like has everybody in that band has written an absolute fucking hit for that band you know even Ringo Starr and stuff like Yellow Submarine Octopus's Garden like George Harrison had something uh, Lennon and McCartney countless you know it's just like it's just that everybody in that band had their own like it was was able to bring something unique to the table that uh, was valued by the band as a whole. Um, whereas I feel like, in a way, we are similar to that. We're like even even this uh, this release. Ryan uh, brought a song instrumentally to us and stuff. Where and Ryan's a freak. So on the demo, Ryan has played everything. Oh my you know, gosh! Tracked the drums, played the bass, both guitar parts and stuff. And I'm sure that's gonna be the same thing when when it gets uh, fully tracked. Is that Ryan's gonna be chilling and just like you know and and, uh, and just recording everything for that song, which is great because Ryan's gonna be able to play it best. You you know, Ryan already knows how to play it. So why would I bother really learning any of it if it's just going to be easier for Ryan to do it at this point, you know? Um, but no, I think I think there's some more risks we're taking. There's uh, different vibes we're going for in some regards. Um, and I think that in some ways it's an expansion of our sound prior, but also just trying to get a little bit weird you know a little uh i i have desecrated the d chord shape uh both in dad gad and half step down on this uh on some of these songs so we'll we'll just see how that goes i am pushing for a sax part in one of these songs i'm telling oh, you oh yeah <laughs> um if i had the money to rent it right now that i would be willing to spend and lose i would consider it uh <laughs> I think that would be a great concept. I'm just saying, I'll be I'll be petitioning for it. Um, <laughs> we'll so, see. There's always there's always the possibility of alternate versions. There we go. There we go. Smooth jazz by Russian. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, it doesn't have to be smooth jazz. No, to, yeah. To have the saxophone on it, I don't know. We'll uh, maybe we'll figure something out. <laughs> Do some synth pop or something. <laughs> yeah. Fuck it. Uh, um. So. Being that you guys are all kind of friends um, and you guys have all collaborated together in 
way other ways. Um, and Real Friends was, you know, very much this sound. Knuckle Puck is a sound. Home Safe. They're all their own separate sounds, um, especially with like, uh, you know, the last uh, record you put out with Real Friends was Composure and Knuckle Puck's 2020 album was fantastic. Um, oh, yeah. How are those sounds all going to kind of culminate together? And how does that process work um, when you're trying to make do you are you guys is your goal to kind of make it sound different or just kind of make it an extra arm of all of the three things? Um, we definitely want to make it different. I think the main thing separating it from those bands is that I'm writing uh, most of, if not a good portion of the music, which I never did for Real Friends. So I think that's already kind of differentiating itself that way. But then also like, you know, I'm also coming up with the melodies. So then my my vocal style is just going to be similar to Real Friends because I was writing the vocal melodies for that band also. So mm-hmm. it's like, you know, um, and then with Joe, Joe writes a lot of music for Knuckle Puck, but then Joe also has an opportunity to write stuff that, uh, you know, might not fit with the Knuckle Puck vibe, you know, so then it comes it comes to us and stuff because there have been times where uh, – Joe's like showed me a demo be like oh dude check out the song I wrote check out the song I wrote and I'm like yo this is sick it's gonna be such a sick KP song and he's just like wait I wrote it for us and I'm like what this sounds like a KP song dog I think KP's gotta take this one you know I can't remember which knuckle puck song it ended up being but I feel I feel like Joe would be able to answer that um but um I don't know. I definitely want it to be its own thing while also respecting the fact that the three of us also contribute to other bands. So there's going to be bits and pieces of that, no matter how hard we try for that to not be the case, you know? Absolutely. And like, I think that's the gem of like having all three of you guys, you know, in the same room. It's like, um, as a fan of all three of the bands, like it's... It's just, you know, it's 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 a bonus Jonas as I would like the bonus <laughs> Jonas brother, you know, like it's it, it, when I first started listening to rational stuff like as a whole it was like what the fuck? Like it was everything I, you know, kind of wanted because it was like more, you know, Knucklebox not putting out something right now. Right, real friends, you know, if they're not putting, you know, it's like this whole thing I'm like hell yeah, like give me more and I think it's awesome you guys have that creative freedom to have that space um to do experiments and try different things and you know creatively like feel sonic at the same way yeah uh, so I listened to a couple other interviews you've done, and something that really caught my my attention was your your Deepak Chopra quote about essentially do nothing and accomplish everything. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Can you just you know explain that a little bit? Because that's like the, one of the favorite things I've ever heard. <laughs> uh, it's it's kind of like one of those things where like Joe and I were hanging out anyways, like before this band started. So we were just like, yo, why don't we like make music too you know and it'll be an excuse to hang out even more you know um and it's just yeah it's just like well well this is stuff we're doing anyways why don't we just add another activity into the mix you know because it's like ever since i'd been hanging out with them it had been in some sort of creative aspect like i remember the first time i ever hung out with joe and the first time i met nick like i was there to like sing on the acoustic version of woodwork that they were recording in nick's basement and stuff so it's always Creativity's always been a part of our relationship to some regard, so this was just taking it to the next level, you know? 
putting a name on it when you guys hang out and just kind of jam, I'm assuming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> Um, so I, I brought this up earlier, but Spotify, and I'm very curious, and if you could give uh, an explanation. So a lot of people obviously release Spotify, Apple Music, that the whole thing. Um, so Rational had a bunch of stuff on Bandcamp for a while. Can you kind of touch on the differences of, you know, releasing things in a certain way on certain sites and how that benefits the band and kind of supports the band best? Um, well, Bandcamp is great because they only take 15% as far as I know, whereas I know iTunes does closer to 30% for their share. Um, Bandcamp has also been doing like Bandcamp Fridays where they just go ahead and forego. Like, like they, they're like, nope, we're not taking share of the, the music today. Like right now, pandemic, you know, eating artists alive. So let's, you know, do our part and make sure everything goes to the artists. Um, it's also, I mean, you know, it's, it, it's a, it's a great place. Also, I've seen some people have like some rarities on Bandcamp as well that might not have made it onto a formal streaming service, but I like it as another outlet to be able to purchase music um, and also get music in a variety of different file formats, too. Like if you got the audio files that want FLAC, it's got that. If you got people that are fine with MP3 or would maybe want Wave, that nice little in-between, like, cool. You know, Bandcamp's got that for you. Um, and then Spotify... Uh, you know, they just have an AI that listens to every single thing you do while you're listening to to the app and stuff and listening to music. It listens to uh, whether or not you're singing at the top of your lungs or just kind of whispering uh, <laughs> along to it. It knows when you like music. Um, and it knows how it, it really does know how to suggest music to you as well, unless you're like me streaming and listening to lo-fi because that's the only music that you can listen to without getting a DMCA strike. <laughs> so now my Discover Weekly, um, I can go through it right now on my computer here and uh, and I'll tell you it's going to be all lo-fi now, which is not a problem. But uh, like I said earlier, though, like I found mini trees through uh, my Discover Weekly. So it's like I would like to find more, tr I guess, you know, traditional guitar, vocal music or even like hip hop type stuff instead of just all instrumental music. You know, I'd like mm -hmm. a little bit of a variety, but then it's like, you know, I'm, I'm also listening to hours on end of of lo-fi beats. So it's like it's going to give me what it gives me i always like, joke that i broke my spotify because i do this well i, I don't stream and listen to lo-fi but like i when i sleep i put on like indie sleep or like sleep sound so on my discover yep. weekly i'll get like ocean sounds and i'm like i'll be driving to work in the car and i'm just like what <laughs> like is there yeah. a tsunami i do not know what's happening um, oh yeah but I, my, my like go-to kind of like Spotify trick, if I ever like break whatever AI is like listening to me, I'll make a playlist. And this is, this is something like if you ever like are down to do this, like definitely you pick three songs that you're really vibing with at the moment. And then at the bottom, it'll automatically like curate like songs like are like, you know, oh yeah. Like that. the radio. Yeah. Yeah. If you, but they'll let you like add them to that playlist. So I'll add like six songs, refresh it. And then it'll put it, it, it the way it works is insane. And whatever, you know, AI is doing and like, listening in my head like i needed to yeah. stop because it's a little creepy <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i mean but but it it really they they really did find a way at the very least like if they're not going to fucking pay their artists the way they should be paying them at least they're doing something on the discoverability front you know 
So I want to ask, like the you know your you know professional you know professional opinion, like whatever that looks okay. like, about how to support bands best via streaming platforms. Um. So. Huh. I mean, I think that the best way is to share the music with your friends. I don't know, make playlists uh, with stuff that you think they'd like with that one jam that you think would like win that friend over for that band, you know, um, with sharing it on Twitter, like word of mouth, like is the reason real friends even took off in the first place and stuff. And that was before, like, I think Spotify was even a thing really, or it was in its infancy. Um, Like, it's just all word of mouth is really the best way and and that's what like like I said like kind of what Spotify is getting right if they're not getting any of the payment stuff correct you know um so yeah it's just spreading the word it's it, it I know, and I know it's easier said than done you know but it's it's just if you like something share it with a friend and then if they like it hopefully they share it with another friend and it just kind of gets just it just gets passed on and passed on from person to person and hopefully then enough people like it to where then you know uh maybe then the plays just keep racking up you know and then and then that artist can get some sort of money from um from the plays and stuff i know spotify has also um incorporated like I, I'm trying to look it look it up right now, like where you can put a PayPal link, yeah, in there, so so people can directly contribute to the bands. I mean, I don't think a single person has contributed to us that way. I don't think that's necessarily something people. I think people really want something for their money, so then that's where like merch then really comes into play and stuff, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, because it does go. It has to go past the streaming services because the streaming services in a lot of cases, unless like, you know, unless it's like a solo artist or a band that's like, you know, not too many people, you know, that money's going to get like split up and it's not going to be too much, you know? Right. Um, so then like going to shows, uh, I mean, even, even liking a band and then following them on social media. So like, and I mean, and granted, like not too much of this applies right now because of like quarantine and stuff, like mm-hmm. to be able to like know when shows are happening and stuff, but, um, you know, making that extra click for like a follow can go a long way. Cause then you find out about merch drops, then you find out about tour dates, then you, you know, there, there are other ways then that can lead you down a path to being able to, uh, I guess find better ways to support the band while either getting an experience or some sort of merch item out of it, you know? Mm-hmm. That That's perfect. Perfectly said. And like, I, you know, as a big music fan, like once, uh, quarantine started happening all these tours got canceled all my tickets you know i don't think i asked for a single refund because i was like what what am i what am i what am i gonna do um yeah. so i was like you know if that's the best way i can support somebody if that even you know supported them in some way and i was i the amount of t-shirts i bought <laughs> in that first like three month period because i was like if i can't support them any other way like i that was like my you know in my head that yeah. made sense um so it's it's kind of good to hear that like that actually is like kind of you know helping that out and i mean 
you know, merch in general, not even during quarantine is like such a big thing. And a lot of bands have like really gotten it right and gotten the, yeah. the style down. I mean, real fr- like the amount of Real Friends t-shirts I've had in the last, you know, a couple years, like the, the, Real Friends, great merch, um, great oh, merch. And, it, <laughs> um, and I think that that also I, hot mulligans doing really well with their merch drops too oh yeah 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 oh yeah number one hot new band <laughs> or sorry hot new verified band they like to go by now um, don't forget the no, verified. No, no. yeah hot mulligan i will say i think that their merch has been some of the best that i've seen so i gotta shout out hot mulligan for that real strong merch game you know they're 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 i personally think that they're killing it with it Absolutely. I think Grayscale also is doing really well with the Oh, great Grayscale, yeah, goes without saying. They've always been killing it, so I don't need to compliment them <laughs> any further. They already know. They already know they're killing it. I got one of their shirts for the first time um, when quarantine happened because I was like, oh, I'm going to support it. And they, it was when they were donating to um, a Black Lives Matter foundation, um, okay. which also kind of pours into another thing I want to touch on is – platforms and how people like really really use their platforms in the last year to do good um and you are one of those people Um, thank you i know you were donating or you were raffling off like test presses from real friends like you know and what kind of inspired you to really use your platform like in the best possible way and really really have an impact on the people who are paying attention to you as well um I mean, I think I had struggled a lot to, I think the first couple years of Real Friends to kind of find what I wanted to talk about without it being like empty air, you know, I guess. Um, And I wanted to have like some sort of message because I know that there are some bands that prefer to just stay silent on a lot of matters um, and want to keep it light, you know, because the show is supposed to be a safe space. But what that means to them is that like, unfortunately, there's no acknowledgement of anything that that like necessitates why it should be a safe space. You know, it's just like I, I understand wanting to have a good time. And be there like just for the music, but some people, some people, I feel like it takes a little bit extra for them to feel comfortable in in a space. And there's nothing wrong with that because because sometimes life gets in the way of even some of the best moments. Where like you might be at this show that you've been. Uh, looking forward to you for the past like six months to a year or something or especially like with quarantine coming up you know you've got a lot of, lot of tickets that you've been uh, sitting on sometimes it's just nice to know like oh hey if I've been dealing with a lot of anxiety or depression or, or um, you know any sort of mania or anything it's nice to know that there are other people that care that that is happening and, and like and want to you know you you have to acknowledge you know like i said why it's a safe space in the first place sometimes and let people know like hey like you know everything is great here but just remember like you know that that there's more to what is going on we can't just constantly sugarcoat the world and act like nothing is happening you know because there's some people over the past year that have used um a lot of the Black Lives Matter protests is like kind of like a set it and forget it. Like it's just like a one time thing that, and then never gets posted about again. Mm-hmm. And those are the people that I would suggest y'all be weary of because it's just like they're just it's, it's it's truly opportunistic and it sucks. You know, people should if you care about the matter, you want to continue supporting it and continue uh, to raise and elevate some of those marginalized voices and stuff, you know, Um so 
it's just, you know, as awkward as it can be or as painful as it can be to talk about some of those things, they, ha- they have to get talked about, you know, people, you know, and I feel like that, that even deepens the bond, you know, knowing that somebody that you look up to, somebody whose music that you've had on repeat or, you know, want to... Uh, emulator has inspired things that you've done in your life like it's good to know that that there's also this care for your well-being as well if that makes sense you know absolutely and i it's i'm really glad you brought up the the set it and forget about it because you know that's something i do pay attention to when i get into new music it's like are they you know what do they stand for because you know there's so many you know people people in general who are very opportunistic in that way of like oh like it's trendy so i'm you know especially with the age of social media like it's very trendy so hashtag black lives matter or like you know here's all these resources let's not ever talk about it again yes it's great they're posting the resources but you know what else like you know if you're not educated enough about that situation it's not making a difference in yourself so you know what what's your goal by posting it if you're not even going to educate yourself first um and you know like i said like you're doing such a great job with you know using your platform um and i think it's something that a lot of people should look at and pay, be paying attention to because you know a lot of voices are marginalized and you know in in this last year has just been a political mess and the everybody hates each other and everybody you know it's just not you know a great place and so i live um, outside of dc i work in dc and the political climate alone has just been you know not great (laughs) so yeah you are you are doing twitch you're doing all these charity streams and it's, it's just great so i just you know Thank you for, you know, using your platform for good and really taking that opportunity and making it, you know, for people paying attention, like a learning experience and everything like that. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. And to talk about Twitch, um, even Twitch streaming, I've hopped on a couple of your streams and you're drawing Pokemon, you're playing games, you're just chilling, just drinking some coffee or tea or water or whatever that happens. So how did you kind of get into that? Um, well, I found out about Twitch, uh, like five or six years ago and it was just something where the idea of it intrigued me. Like I knew absolutely nothing about it. And when I first started streaming, you could tell, um, <laughs> like, cause it's just like, I just kind of threw myself into it. Like I, cause I could, uh, cause you can stream directly from a PlayStation or an Xbox. So that's what I did. I didn't have a, a computer back then, like 2015, 2016. I, I, you know, I didn't have a PC yet. Um, so I got like a little camera for my PlayStation and then I'd just stream that way and it would be super basic, but it would be doable, you know? And I just wanted to, cause I looked at it specifically for, for, as video games first. Mm-hmm. Um, and that like, it could give me a way to talk to our fans and like kind of break the ice in a way that I might not normally be able to do at shows, you know, and I feel like, you know, and like I mentioned earlier, like I had trouble kind of trying to figure out what to say to fans, whether it was on stage or it was in person, like, you know, at like a meet and greet or at the merch table, taking a picture Mm -hmm. or something like, you know, if like, if people felt like they were being awkward, like, trust me, I was probably being eight <laughs> times more awkward not knowing how to talk to them, you know? Because it's just, mm-hmm. it was something where, like, I, I, it took me a while to come to terms with the fact that, like, my voice is 
important that there's weight to what I say and that and what I do, you know, because of how many eyes were slash are on me, you know. Um, so Twitch really helped kind of bridge that gap for me where I feel a lot more comfortable um, talking to random people, you know, that uh, that know me, but I don't know them personally and stuff. And that um, and because I felt like a lot of the time like I felt like I was an animal at the zoo and people are just pressing up against the glass like knocking being like do a trick do a trick do a trick you know and Twitch helped to humanize me to the fans and vice versa you know so that I I see that even though like I don't necessarily see them I just see a couple words popping up on the screen with some usernames it's still a social function to an extent where like even during quarantine and stuff like Twitch has been a godsend for me, not only for the income, but for social interaction and being able to like talk to people and stuff. Cause I've, I, I would say that we've all grown a lot closer cause there's a lot of incredibly positive and supportive people in there and they're not just supportive of me and the channel, but like of each other. Like they, they, anytime somebody comes in, like, like, like people, people, the, amount of vulnerability is truly admirable because people will come in and be able to talk about things that they're dealing with and be brave enough to share those things with people that they like you know might not have ever even been able to meet in real life but they see on a regular basis like in these streams and like just like even if i'm having a uh an otherwise shitty or like an anxious or a depressed day or something like that I go on and stream and these people are just like like yo let's all push this to the side like this is this is a positive place to be and let's keep it positive but we still acknowledge that there's that not everything is so rosy you know because with with mental health I feel like we we talk about that and people people automatically assume like oh we're talking about mental health that means the bad things like and only the bad things when no Mm -hmm. mental health is everything it's the good stuff and the bad stuff it is you know the the anxiety the depression um the heartbreak all those things but then also it's like you know it's it's the joy and excitement of doing things like going to your favorite show and like getting up crowd surfing and just cathartically screaming the words out. It's having that nice chill, maybe much needed relaxation day, uh, hanging out on the couch with, with like a pet or a partner or just even by yourself, getting some time to decompress and stuff. It's, it's, it's all, it's a culmination of everything. And I, and I like that Twitch is another extension of that to be able to have this good day or have this bad day, but also be open to being vulnerable and talking about things while also being surrounded by things that we all like to do and like to be a part of, you know? Absolutely. That, that was very well said. And, you know, especially during a year where all of us are, you know, not doing great. And we're looking for the, you know, the the peaks and the, you know, the good places to have time and spend time that aren't staring, you know, through an Instagram feed or like down a Reddit rabbit hole or whatever that looks like. Or doom scrolling even. Like I know that I've gotten into some doom scrolling in the past and like I – I feel like I used to be very much more tuned into the news than I have been lately, but sometimes it's just, you know, it's, it's definitely good to be aware and people need to be aware of what's going on. And I'm, I'm not trying to say that I'm trying to shut everything out, but, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm trying to learn, like, you know, sometimes I, I need some time for myself instead of seeing everything that's so bad in the world all of the time. Oh, you know? absolutely. Yeah. 
I, right? it's, I, it's just finding that balance. Yeah, I work in news like that's my day job. And it is we have this weird like week on week off schedule. So like on my like this is my week off. I do. I try my hardest not to pay attention unless it's like really like like a pressing matter. I try really hard because I'm, you know, in that environment and every single email yeah, you, that comes in. You're finding in out about new, it anyways. Yeah. And it's like every single email is like there's a bombing. There's, you know, people are dying. Here's the third time our COVID like this is the third death counter of the day of how many people have died. I've COVID and it's like mentally not great, N- not not great. Yeah, it's heavy. It's heavy. Yeah, and being like the, exactly like the, when I, on my weeks off, like I will lay in bed and I will stare at the ceiling and I will watch Brooklyn Nine Nine over and over again and yeah. like whatever that like space is for me, like it's important to definitely recognize. Um, and you, it's funny you mentioned like when you did meet and greets like for real friends. I've met you twice now, um, so nice to meet you again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but my first encounter was at a warp tour. I think both times I, I met you guys, it was at warp tour, um, and my first one was incredibly awkward. And I thought it was me, which it probably still was. But it, it just like I don't think any meet and greet for me has ever been with any any band has been like extraordinarily not awkward. Oh, I've um, had I've had meet and greets too. Where- I've been the awkward kid. I'll <laughs> I'll tell you what. Like I remember uh I remember and and this is going to be embarrassing for me, but I remember 2006 Warp Tour is my first Warp Tour. I um was chilling in line waiting to meet Motion City Soundtrack. Mhm. And people, they, they had uh, one of their crew people was going up and down the the line, being like, "Yo, if y'all buy the like special edition of Commit This to Memory, will you're cutting the line? You'll get right up front there." And I was just like, "Wait a second, I already bought it." And I went up to him, I was like, "Yo, I already bought this. Like, mm-hmm. do I have to buy it specifically from you?" And he's like, "Get up there, buddy. Get up there." And I was just like. Like, oh, my God. And, like, I had asked to ju- to touch Justin Pierre's hair and stuff. I was one of those kids. Like, And, and I think then karma came back because then so many people would ask to touch my hair and really? stuff. But I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah. Especially when I had the long hair. They're just like, can I touch your hair? Can I touch your hair? And I was like – and I would think of that – I would think of that instance at Warp Tour every single time. And I'm just like, I have to. I have to let him do it because he was so nice to me being this weird fucking 15-year-old kid um, and stuff. Like, So it's like, no, trust me. I, I I have been the awkward kid at a meet and greet as well. You know, meeting Circus Survive, meeting the matches and stuff, like all at Warp Tour. No, trust me. Trust um, me. I have just, one of the pictures. The oh, <laughs> if let's you don't go. mind me. It's, 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 I feel like it's the most awkward picture I've ever seen in my life, but it's probably me. Uh, oh, God. I just like shake the whole thing. There's this like great space, and it just like, it, it just to me is like really funny. Um, and oh, then, well, you mean the space with Eric and Brian? Yeah. And I was like, oh, is well, this they, a. They, awkward family they, photo i don't know <laughs> now they, with with those pictures they would try their hardest to stand next to each other and yeah. like do the silliest things that they could possibly think of when they would do that this hell is, yeah we both look very different now um but it was just you know i think this was like i think that was 2018 that one actually. that one was 2018 the first one was 2016 
shirt. I know because I wore that green shirt every fucking day. But I was like, also like the thing is, is that like 2016 Warp Tour, I wasn't necessarily in the best place. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I was, I was dealing with a lot of depression and stuff, um, a lot of substance use on that tour specifically. So to where like I was just awkward to be around. I thought at the at the meet and greets and stuff. You know, so it's like it, it's it's not and and that I think sucks because that's that's a an instance where I should put some of that stuff aside. I mean, even even though it does affect me and stuff adversely, like it's still something where like for that one hour, I should be grateful that I'm, you know, talking to people and, and people that are so enthusiastic about wanting to meet me and appreciative of what I do and stuff. It's like, that's, that's the fucking dream. And like, you know, like to an extent, I wasn't fully, appreciating it, you know, as much as I do now, you know, but, uh, I would say I, I tried to make up for it 2018 to be a little (laughs) bit more available and, you know, and hanging and stuff and, and making sure that I, you know, I made myself a little more available. Um, I, you know, as a fan, like, I think fans should be able to know and understand, like, if somebody's like having a rough day, like, it's not, it's not me, it's you, it's not you, it's me. It's like that whole thing is like, also, I think fans should need to be understanding is like, not everybody's going to have a perfect meet and greet experience. I have a friend who's like, always like, I don't ever want to meet like the bands because I don't want to ruin my like perception of them and like have a shit experience. Um, But I I definitely think like fans also need to be understanding in that is like, especially like one warp tour where you're grinding it out every single day with a day off every two weeks or whatever that looks like in that that span of time. Like I think and so some people some people are really understanding, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, truly like, but I, I have had some people like come up and be like, oh, like, you know, you're much cooler than this person from this band, whether it's like Joe uh, or like Derek from State Champs or like Parker from Story So Far or something. Mm-hmm. And like, and I'm sure that like kids have said to those people probably the same thing about me sometimes, you know, because they might have caught me at not the best moment, either me personally or just like I might be busy needing to run off somewhere and be like, yo, hey, I'm sorry, I can't like, yeah, because some, sometimes in that instance, like if I've got to be somewhere on Warp Tour, whether for like an interview or for a meet and greet or something like you know I'm on an actual like schedule there um where sometimes I can be like yo if you want to walk with me take this selfie while we're walking like but I'm sorry I got to be like short and quick with it like you know some people understand some people are like oh doesn't want to give me that that kind of time what the hell like (laughs) yeah yeah, but 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 it's like like in some cases like the ticket only gets you in to see the show Mm -hmm. the ticket is not a guarantee that you get to meet these bands unless it's something like warp tour where like like real friends every day we had a meet and greet or something where people could sign up for it and like it's free of charge and all that stuff in the sense of warp tour but then sometimes there's like vip packages Mm -hmm. with like either hangouts or acoustic sessions or something and that's like you know a, a different type of scenario there but for the most part the ticket only gets you in to see the show like there's there's like sometimes there is a ridiculous amount of entitlement where it's like no well i need to be meeting this person this this and this and this and this and this and stuff but then like you know if i ask people to put their phone away for one song then i am the fucking devil incarnate how dare you how dare you but but then also that is something then too 
where they paid for the ticket right. to see the show. So that's how they choose to see the show. That's how they choose to see the show. It's a give and take, you know? Right. It's a whole experience for both sides. Um, yeah. Um, and it's it's very interesting because I've I've been a fan of just in general music for so long. My first concert was Tim McGraw. I was six years old. Um, Hell yeah. And <laughs> My first one was Britney Spears. I was nine. That's eight or nine. There yeah. we go. There we go. And um, it's I've grown up in the music community in that way. And in high school, I kind of branched into concert photography and uh, music journalism. So, like, I feel like I've had a little bit of, like, both sides of understanding, like, the scheduled thing. And obviously not to the extent that you do. Um, and being able to be on the production side and, like, being a PA in a music venue and all of these things. Um, it's such a different experience. And, I like, that's kind of the reason why I wanted to do this podcast is because there's so many questions that people don't understand about um, your side of things and like if there's you know a- anything that like needs to be you know addressed or whatever that yeah. looks like um, so that's I, I really enjoyed hearing your perspective perspective on all of that for sure well, um, I'm glad I could share my cringy pictures <laughs> <laughs> so do you want to play a game called quick pick where I make you quick pick a song that goes along with this very specific scenario yes Okay, so I already picked mine um, because I simply would be here for three hours if I had to pick one single song. <laughs> um, so we're going to try it. Uh, you're, the first one is, there's only three, but you're at, at a water park and it's the peak of summer. You're eating ice cream or whatever, popsicle, whatever that looks like, and it just falls to the ground. And it's just the most terrible scenario at an ice cream park. Um, I picked Just a Kid by Simple Plan. <laughs> Uh, I would pick uh, The Science of Selling Yourself Short by Less Than Jake. Okay. All right. All right. That was a good one. <laughs> um, so the next one, it's a very picturesque night. You're driving. The windows are down. It's the mid of summer, so it's like that nice air. You're smelling the flowers, um, and you're just driving and vibing. Uh, what song's playing? I picked Flowers on the Grave by The Main. Um, it's like seven Driving and vibing. I would say, and I'm going to have to get a specific song here, um, but I've been listening to, uh, so about, like, like, I'd say fall 2019, uh, Mm -hmm. Vacationer put out uh, an instrumental, uh, like, lo-fi beat album that Mm -hmm. is incredible, and I would say uh, Tape Deck. Tape Deck by Vacationer. Mm, I'll have to check that one out. I th- like that summer moment of just driving and it's dark and the wind's blowing. It's it's one of my favorite things to do. I will go on drives for like three hours at a time. Like it's it's it's. Ridiculous. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> That's like my sense of like peace, especially like throughout this last year. Yeah. Um. So this last one, you're at a bus stop and it's raining. Though it's just everything's rain's coming down like cats and dogs. It's that moment in a movie where a car splashes you and it as it drives by and you're just. Completely drenched. It's a sad song. Um, doesn't have to be a sad song. Uh, but I picked Vienna by Billy Joel. <laughs> uh, I'm thinking something City in Color. Mm. And I'm going to go with... Shit, what's the name of the song? I am so bad right now. And I, I, I have literally the memory of a goldfish. I totally get it. <laughs> Uh, probably, I'll go with one of the new ones, Living in Lightning. Okay, okay. Well, thank you for playing along. I love to hear um, people's answers to these because I, I have, you know, I like to think I have a wide variety and I think everybody else does. So I'm, I, it's always curious to hear what, like, the first thing that comes to your mind is. Yeah. Um, 
So last and final question, and it's kind of something we touched on, but just kind of bring it all together. Um, musicians and artists have the ability and the platform to leave marks on the world in very many ways, so many ways. Um, and they can be either bigger or smaller, but what's the mark you want to make and rationale as a band wants to make? Um, I think a big thing with music I've contributed to is you know and with with the struggles i've had uh, seeing myself as as somebody of influence is that like i, I want people to know that if they want to do something like this they can you know i think that um there is especially now more than ever there's a lot more accessibility into like like for getting into artistic endeavors like whether it be music or photography or show promotion or what the fuck ever, you know, it's just something where like, if you want to get involved, then get involved. You know, if it's, if it's just for yourself, if you want to try doing it as a career path, I mean, don't, 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 I'm <laughs> um, just kidding. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> but it's just that it's that you can do it too. And maybe the thing you wanted to do mo like, like me, when I, I wanted to first play music, I want to play drums. Um, and anybody that knows me personally knows that I am not, or even anybody that's seen a real friend show, I am not the most coordinated person. <laughs> I am a clumsy motherfucker. Um, so the drums probably are not the best thing for me. So then I picked, I, I was like, oh, bass. Let's do it. I, I found I found something else still to do. And if even if people feel like they're they're not uh, more inclined in a musical aspect, like they like there's still things to do, like photography, like show promotion, uh, tour managing, um, merch sales, all sorts of things to still be involved. You like it's like the uh, the piebald song. Hey, you're part of it. Like that kind of thing. You know, it's like just find something that you feel that you are better at or are good at, or even if you're not like quote unquote good at it like i hate using that word like good but it's just so, like i mean everybody unfortunately looks at it as being good or bad but it's just it takes some practice and they say you can't teach an old dog new tricks and i call bullshit on that it's just you got to have the, the old dog's got to have patience for it you know, that's the thing. When you're a kid, you've got a whole hell of a lot of patience and f for things like trial and error, where I feel like as an adult, it's just like there's such a concentration on time and how much time is being used because we're conditioned to think that time is money, which in some cases it is, but it doesn't have to be all of the time. And I'm trying to teach myself that too and that i like there can be some less productive days money wise but more productive for fulfillment you know so tldr it's just you can be involved um you can contribute um it just might take a little time to to see what how it is you want to be able to contribute Absolutely. That was very well said. Um, Dan, Rationale, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. Oh, I, my pleasure. 